All right, we're recording. Great. That's how it begins. Awesome. My name is Tony. My name is Jamie. Jamie, how's it going? Oh, wait, I forgot to say that you could be anonymous on this. Oh, too late. Well, I mean, nobody, they only know your first name. Okay. But if you say your last name, everybody will find you if you get Googled. Okay, yeah, it's a pretty Googleable last name, so yeah. we'll keep it to Jamie. Do you ever worry about what people find when they Google you? No, because there's only one weird thing, because I've done it before, I've Googled myself, and the Whoops. only weird thing is when I was in, like, seventh grade, I wrote this really verbose walkthrough for this kind of dorky video game. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> Siberia. Yeah. And it will not go away. <laughs> I've tried so hard to delete it, and it just stays there. Well, what was, I didn't read the story. I was like, oh, this is a walkthrough. Yeah. That's cool. It's just kind of... But I like I like try to be funny in it, and I'm just not funny. <laughs> Maybe I should go back and read it. <laughs> it's boring. It's not. It's just like, why is this here taking up valuable I thought SEO? That, I thought that you had like done a lot more writing. It seems like you have done a lot of like articles and so forth. Yeah, there was a couple blogs. There's one that's a little unprofessional. It's like a I did an infographic of like. Um, you start Bars? at the top, and yeah, you can choose like where you want to go out. Yeah. I actually, but I don't. I kind of like that. So I was that, like, that was a good say. one. Yeah. All the bars in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So now <laughs> you know where, where to go out. Go. No, that was that was actually great. Yeah, that was for like a magazine, I think. Yeah. Uh, the problem was that I always ended up at the same bar no matter what I did. <laughs> well, what, what, do you remember the neighborhood? Uh, no, it was it was to the left. I can't remember the infographic, but it was to the left of. There were four bars, right? Yeah. I was on the left. Okay. Somehow. I'm sure it was probably Lawrenceville. Yeah, and the deciding factor, I think, was I needed more tattoos and piercings. <laughs> yeah, it was probably Lawrenceville. Yeah. It's like the hipster bar. It's like San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I never realized it, but I definitely don't want to be painted into a corner like that. No, no. Are you hipster? What bar, do you remember what bar you would be? Um, it depends on how old I was. So when I was 21, I was Southside, which is like clubs and like dressing up and then when I was 23 I was um, I think Bloomfield or Lawrenceville because I was like quiet dive bar where I can just silently go to get wasted by myself <laughs> <laughs> so it changed a lot <laughs> do you go out to bars by yourself in Pittsburgh I used to so I had like a corner bar that I felt comfortable and it was totally fine like oh, on but Sunday that's like your it's your it's your bar yeah you know? I would go with like a book at like noon on a Sunday and have like coffee with fun things in it like Kahlua. That's a bar? Yeah. It was like oh, a like, oh, like Kahlua. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then go home at three and take a three-hour nap. It was oh, a right, lovely okay. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, do you, when you go to bars with a book, because this is, this is me asking, do you want people to talk to you? Um, or are you, you're in a public place, but you have a book. Yeah. So is that signaling, like, I'm available to talk to somebody, but... In the meantime, I'm reading this book. Or, like, really, I'm in a public space, but I hate people, so I'm reading a book. Yeah, I guess the precedent is if I'm going to a bar to read a book rather than sitting on my own couch, Yeah, um, I'm kind of open to talking to people. But the trick is, is that, like, when I first get there, I'm, like, all about the book. And then after, like, two or three beers, and it's been an hour <laughs> or two, I get more, like, kind of, like, antsy, and I just, like, you know, I just want to chit-chat, I'm, like, talking to the bartender, and then it kind of oh. snowballs from there. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm learning, because I've, I've seen uh, people with books that I've wanted to talk to, and I haven't talked to them, because they were reading books. Just wait, see it, see it, 
see if they're like going they're, through their beers or if they're just like nursing one, then they probably don't want to talk. Okay. Uh, maybe I should do research. Like, what kind of book is it? Is it like a a, a, a crappy novel? Is exactly. It, is the book old and tattered? Which meaning? Don't talk to me. No, well, maybe, like, I've never read this book, and it's terrible, and I've had it forever, and I've oh, just true. transported it. Or, because there's so many things you can just infer from just judging people. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I do that all the time at yeah. bars with books. <laughs> <laughs> you judge people with, or you have your books so you can judge other people. Yeah, yeah they do, like, like, the sneaky over-the-book yeah. glare. <laughs> I'm so, like, like, I'm at a bar, but I'm classy. Exactly. <laughs> and you guys, you guys you are people, rowdy. Yeah, you're rowdy <laughs> and uncouth. Yeah, yeah. You know what negates that, though, is when I go with my iPad and I'm reading a book on my oh. iPad. That makes me just look tacky. I do, not, I do not iPad in public. You iPad in private? I, well, I'm just saying, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is uh, I, I don't bring my iPad out because I, I'm afraid I'll leave it somewhere and it'll get stolen. Totally. Mine has gotten stolen. I see. All right. So, <laughs> so you're right. Case in point. Yeah. But I do have like a first generation, first generation iPad. So it probably okay. wouldn't be the worst. And I'm never no. going to get another iPad if this one still works. They are excessive. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So bars. <laughs> All right. So usually I talk about people's upbringing. Okay. Uh, I've been told that you just can't just you can't just ask. So what was your childhood like? Why can't you ask that? I don't know because maybe some people had very traumatic childhoods. Yeah. Well, mine wasn't. So you can ask. <laughs> yeah. What What was your childhood like? Oh, and I. <laughs> for the people listening, I, I talked to your mom. Yeah. You did. I totally talked to your mom. Yeah. About my childhood? A little bit, yeah. What did she say? I'm interested. <laughs> she she said, well, why don't you tell me because I, what about your childhood? And then we'll compare what, what I think your mom said. And then when your mom listens, if she does. You can um, have these like three versions yeah, of truth. Yeah, three versions of truth. This is great. So um, what was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Alabama. I was born Alabama. in Michigan. Grew uh -huh. up in Alabama, and then moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania when I was in seventh grade, I think, and then went to University of Pittsburgh for college. So that's end of childhood. I don't know when childhood ends. Yeah, can you be a little bit more verbose about um, what was Alabama like? What are some aspects of Alabama that you remember or are fond of um, or did not like? Probably what I remember most are like my two best friends there. Yeah. So that was Natalie and Tori. Do you still keep in contact? Every once in a while. Not like, not a lot, but I follow Tori on Twitter and she's always doing like cool art stuff. So uh -huh. um, that's awesome. She's in Austin and Texas. Uh-huh. And then... I don't know other Austins. Oh, I, it could have been a name of somebody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's in Austin. <laughs> and that guy I hates just, it. <laughs> Or, or woman, that person hates it. Good. Yes, let's be sensitive here. <laughs> or wait, well, non-gender normative exactly. person. Exactly. They, they might hate it. <laughs> yeah, they might. Yeah. <laughs> right. Never considered somebody might <laughs> That wasn't me, right? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> All right. Hopefully they don't listen to this. <laughs> All right, so uh, you 
you don't you keep in contact occasionally yeah every <laughs> once in a while um yeah we were i have some really funny stories i remember with natalie i chopped all of her hair off one day she came over to play and she was returned to her mother with her bag of her hair <laughs> And, a, and an apology, because <laughs> I had decided that she needed a haircut, so I... Were you the same age? Yeah. Which was, what do you recall? Like, uh, I don't I don't remember this. My parents saw this story, so it must have been like oh. six or something. Was it with scissors or a knife? <laughs> or I'd imagine it was scissors. I was not, uh, yeah, I always pictured scissors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, talking to you makes me realize that we... We limit conversation to, like, the normal options. Exactly. <laughs> no knives. Not no yet. No knives. Okay. Knives come in later. <laughs> All right. Um, do you remember uh, living in a ho- like a house? Yeah. Did you live in a house in Pittsburgh? Yeah. I've okay. lived in houses, like, not houses. apartments or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Tori was my neighbor. So we would, um, we liked to pretend we were characters from different TV shows and we had like, like metal rods that we would like pretend were swords and we would fight trees and like slam into trees and things like that, which must've been hilarious for like the neighborhood to watch. (laughs) You never fought each other? Sometimes. Sometimes we would have fights over who was a better, who was, no, (laughs) no, it'd be like who was a better drawer, you know? And you fought it. You did like a duel. That's what I'm picturing in my mind. You're like you <laughs> well, said you draw. She would draw than something, I. and I would draw something, and then we lay them out, and I would think mine is better, and she would think hers is better. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it's telling um, that she is the illustrator at this point <laughs> in her life, and I am not. <laughs> I think she won. <laughs> she was always a little better than me. <laughs> All right. But. I can still and then draw you a would do, and then you would fight. Then you would yeah, fight. Yeah, we would like fight, and du- like, like we'd eventually duel. we'd have, we'd both have to like go to our houses and like sulk for a little bit. Then we'd get back together and be like, oh, I'm are, sorry. not. But are you saying like a physical altercation? Over no, this? no, it was always emotional, oh. emotional lashings. Oh right, okay. You, <laughs> you went from me- hitting trees with metal rods and then fighting. Yeah, we were aggressive. Okay, but I don't think we ever hit each other. Hmm. Not that I remember. Do you still want to move back there? To Alabama? Yeah. No. No. There's not much there for me now. Did you have an accent back then? My parents are both from the north, so yeah. people in Alabama did have southern accents, but because I was raised by my northern-speaking Spanish, my north, northern northern-speaking speaking parents. Spanish. <laughs> regular English-speaking parents, they had, I don't have an accent. Oh. Well, no, but now, no, not now, but when you're a child. Uh, no, not really. If I grew up in the South, I'd have a Southern accent. You do right now. You can yeah, just put I, it on. But it would be permanent. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It you, would just be a got, you just like turned into a farmer. The, yeah. the, the people can't see this. but <laughs> <laughs> It would be permanent for me. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. But I know that uh, Julia, uh, who did have a, she was from Florida. Mm-hmm. And she did have a little bit of a Southern accent. I think a little bit is cute. Yeah. She threw out around y'alls. Oh, yeah, lot. I like y'all. Yeah. I do like that one. Which actually turns out that y'all is a good gender non-specific term. That's very true. It also is you all. You all. If you don't want to be southern. Yeah. Oh, I never considered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I the only thing I think I took from the south is I think that sometimes my personality I like channel that like 
bitchy southern belle every once in a while, which is sweet. <laughs> bitchy southern belle. You know, like that, like, kind of, like, snobby persona every once in a while. Well, I never. Fun. Exactly. <laughs> that. That. <laughs> all right. And bless his heart and all those? Uh, yeah. I, I don't that's say a, that, but. Oh, but that's a preface to something mean. Yeah, exactly. Bless his heart, but, you know, I've never met anyone dumber in my life, you know? Yeah. It's always like that. And then you moved to Pittsburgh after that? Wait. Yes. Yeah. Pittsburgh. I'll be in Pittsburgh. What's, uh, what did you like about Pittsburgh? Did you like things about Pittsburgh? Yeah. I've been there. They have a giant fort thing on the water. Fort? Yeah, it's like a fort thing. Like, right mm -hmm. on, you know where the two rivers meet? Yeah. There's like a park, and it's in Point the shape park. of a... I guess a point park, sure. I, didn't, I was not aware there was a fort anywhere. There's like a, well, it's like the shape of a fort. It's not an actual fort. It's like the shape of the, what the fort in it, uh -huh. fort is, and it has all these odd angles. Interesting. I, You've never been there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm just not thinking of it right. But there's definitely things around Pittsburgh called fort, fort, fort so-and-so. There's fort everything, and the downtown is all very kind of old, like in, in relative to at least California terms of where I grew up. Yeah, it's a little older. It's cool because Pittsburgh has an interesting history with like being super dirty. Like, what, is, what do you mean dirty? Because like, it was steel a or? yeah, there's a steel the steel production like just completely demolished the environment and like there's all these photos of like and the caption is like Pittsburgh at noon and it's just like a pitch black city. It looks like it's midnight, but really it's like midday. Oh, from because all of the coal smog, and coal burning and. And now that's like a super green city. They were like, we got to clean this up. And then in like 20 years, they really turned it around. Do they still make steel? Um, I don't, I think steel's kind of on its way out. Right now it's like kind of a big, um, it's kind of, it's kind of a new tech hub a little bit. Um, cause it's, it's so affordable and it's really close to like New York city and like you're kind of, you can hop over to or, um, Chicago pretty quickly from there. So a lot of people like to call Pittsburgh their home base for like tech companies. And they have like a lot of really good schools nearby, so they grab talent from CMU and University of Pittsburgh and things like that. Do you think that you would move back? I was thinking about it because I have my, the reason why I got into software engineering to begin with was I had a group of friends from the startup that I worked at in marketing and they were all super cool and I thought what they were doing was really cool. And they're obviously all still in Pittsburgh. Um, and doing really awesome things. Um, my one friend, Mike, uh, works for Uber, like helping build the self-driving car for fucking Uber. So it's like, that would be really, really cool. And I know that the Pittsburgh office, the Uber Pittsburgh office is hiring, at least they were like crazy. So it'd be really interesting to maybe try to jump on some robotics projects over in Pittsburgh, even though that would not be my, um, area of expertise right now I would have to probably do some learning to get in on that well, what is your area of expertise I'm always curious how people ended up oh so the connection that you and I have is we both went to Hack Reactor right um, so how did you how did you get to Hack Reactor from Alabama um, I from Alabama yeah what was your high school experience like did, were you into a software or computers or anything digital? Yeah, like. actually. Well, I went to high school in Pittsburgh, and I was president of this Technology Student Association. Whoa. Yeah. So I was nerd Is that queen. still on your resume? 
I wish. <laughs> no, I. But you can put it on. It's your resume. I should. I should. You just throw it on your LinkedIn. I mean, honestly, my 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 major acts of president was I embezzled money from our. We had like a coffee machine in the teachers' lounge, and teachers would pay like something stupid, like two twenty-five to get like a tiny little cappuccino, and the money uh -huh. would go to Technology Student Association. And my job was to like take the money every week from that coffee machine and and take it to. Um, the treasurer but and like the money it would be like there'd be like 10 10 15 dollars in there it was always like nothing and i would remember to do it but then i would always kind of forget to give it to the treasurer so i would like open up my purse over the weekend and find like just like you know a stack of ones in there and be like shit I totally forgot to like give it to the treasurer again and then i was like oh well this is convenient i'll just quick pay for this coffee and then i would kind of forget oh, you know no. that's how i started embezzling perfect <laughs> it starts out really in the lesson here is it starts out really innocent and really easy and you never mean to yeah <laughs> i probably gypped the tsa out of at least you know 20 <laughs> solid dollars of, of money <laughs> of hard-earned teacher money a <laughs> <laughs> uh, teacher teacher student association is that what that is? Technology TSA? Student oh, Association. My bad. Yeah, we did techie things. We did nerdy things. Well, did you? Well, did what did you do? What's an example of nerdy techie things that like all the classic stuff? So like you have to build a bridge out of balsa wood that like can hold a hundred pounds or something dumb. I was in a class that made us do that. Like everybody had to do it. You didn't join a club. No, ours was. Uh, well, we had like a work. We had a um, one class that kind of focused on that. And then oh, build a CO two car. You know, you had to like sand it, yeah. get it all smooth and like aerodynamic. I did that in Boy Scouts. Really? Yeah. That terrified me because I hated those machines. Why? Oh. The machines that could like, if you like look at them wrong, they might chop off your thumb. Oh, like rotating equipment? Like a sander yeah. or something or like, like that? A, we had like band saws. Band saws. That were like vicious, you know, we had to take a course. And yeah. To, to be able to use but it. But you didn't have that in any like mandatory capacity to do any of those things? No, it wasn't. This was an elective course. Huh. Oh wait, it was a club, and then you did, like, you joined the club, but it was a class. So the class was like everyone just kind of makes some stuff. The club actually oh. went to competitions with other oh. schools. Yeah, it got real. In high school. Yeah, we'd all go up to this. We went up to this like ski lodge in the spring, so that uh -huh. like the slopes were all closed, and it was just this. You know, naturally, when you bring like. 2,000 high school kids together and put them in a hotel for the weekend. Yeah. It was just like all sorts of scandal and you know people smoking and drinking and staying out too late and like not focusing. And every year it was like something. What did you do? I was I was kind of a goody two shoes, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> so I didn't do much, but I do you remember had your one night. Presidency to think exactly. About, I had to be know. a role model, but I do remember one night we climbed up the ski mountain. Uh -huh. Me and a group of people, we climbed all the way up to the top, and that was pretty like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So what about uh, college? Um, University of Pittsburgh was really fun. It was kind of a, I majored in psychology, and I partied a little bit. Why, why, more than why I did you pick psychology? It was easy for me. <laughs> and my mom's a therapist, so I was thinking maybe oh, yeah. I would be a therapist. I liked, I liked, um, I liked what she did, and I liked her stories that she would come home with without any, of course, identifying information <laughs> about her clients. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Uh, all right. Is that legal? I guess it is. As long as you give no Don't identifying information. Yeah. 
It's fine. But yeah, okay. but she would come home with these stories, and I'd be like, well, I would tell them this. And my mom would be like, yeah, I told them this. And I'm like, that sounds about right. You know, we always like went back and forth on like, you know, I always felt like I, we had like similar, you know, ways of getting people into shape. <laughs> you know. Did you follow that all the way through? I made, I, well, I majored in it, but then kind of got little derailed after college because I didn't really want to go to grad school and you can't do anything with a psychology bachelor's but you have that right yeah all right you can do things with a degree I don't know so yeah you think you'd you'd think but this is a if my sisters are listening to this podcast because I'm going to send it to them Mm -hmm. this is a warning about majoring in those like you know kind of iffy things you know that it's a lot easier to get a job as a you know CS as a CS degree than a psychology degree or a music degree, Jenny. It's <laughs> <laughs> for you. Uh, so you have a couple sisters. We're they're younger than you, right? Yeah, I'm the oldest. Yeah, you're the oldest. Yes. Hmm. I was just trying to think. Normally, like if someone says that they're the youngest, I can just quickly reply like, "That makes sense." But if the oldest, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. I guess I haven't been around you enough to know. I, I think I, because I'm more of an only child, because they didn't come around until, like, I was, like, nine years old. So, at like, five years old, I pulled my mom aside, you know, I, like, had a one-on-one with her, and I was like, Mom. I want, I want siblings? I want, I want one older Asian brother. Why <laughs> <laughs> one older? And because we had family friends. Asian? We had family friends, and they had a son, and the uh-huh. son, he was, like, five years older than me, and I thought he was the coolest thing ever yeah so I was and like was I Asian? want one of him but I want him to be my brother and my mom you know but like four years later pops out four little white girls I was like you could not have listened worse like this is the opposite of what I ordered uh, there was room for a punchline in there like four <laughs> Asian <laughs> oh, I guess uh, nobody else gets that joke because I'm white exactly and, and are you white Yes, we're all white. Okay. I, at five, I didn't understand quite the mechanics of how people were born, so I just thought you could kind of request them, and they would appear. <laughs> Maybe in the future you can. Yeah. Somehow. Build a build a brother. Build. That's, yeah, I'll trademark that. So were you happy at nine when that happened? No, I was a little concerned. My mom tells me again. I don't really remember doing this, but my mom says that she read me all of these like stories about you know how like you're a person and then all of a sudden your parents have another person and that makes you a big sister and like what that means and like you know how now you have this other person and I always would like sit through the stories and be like yeah okay so you got trained yeah trained (laughs) and my mom you know was getting bigger and bigger and she'd be like you know that's here it's inside here and you're gonna they're gonna come out and you're gonna do this and it's gonna be great and then she gave birth and she was in the hospital and you know the the girls were there and their little things and and we were um, you know leaving the hospital and and my mom you know, went to go get, pick them up and walk out with them. And I turned to her and I say, wait a minute, they're coming with us. (laughs) 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 All those hours, all those stories. (laughs) I still didn't quite understand what was happening. (laughs) So that's a reasonable, like, don't we come back for them? They're not ready yet. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Those are somebody else's, you know? Yeah. Okay. Are you close with your younger siblings? 
Not really, I think because there's such an age gap, but I'm waiting for them to get cool. And so well, they can come What age out. is that? Like 21? Like 21. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to be cool together. But, um, yeah, I remember when I was little, I thought I tortured them. I had this thing I would do in the car. The car at the top of the car was broken. There was a radio, and there was, so there was just, like, this cord hanging down. And my mom would, like, leave me in the car to wa- watching them while she went in to go do an errand. And I was, like, you know, like 15, like a reasonable age. Um, and I would take the cords and I'd point it at them and then I would press like the volume on the radio and I'd be like, if I turn this all the way up, it's going to shock you. Oh, just not by touching them, just pointing it. Okay. Yeah, if I just pointed at them and I would like play with the bass on the radio and I'd be like, it's going to shock you if I do this enough. And they would all scream. They all thought they were going to die. You know, they were screaming, screaming. My mom like came running out of the gas station once because like the gas station attendant went and found her and was like, there's something going on in your car. Like you need to go back out there. And she was like, yes, But they get me back now. They, they're all, um, they're all very, very smart. They're all very pretty. And they're all very much now stronger than me. They're really? all like gymnasts or some of them are, they all do like really athletic things. So now when I go home, I get bullied. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you shouldn't have done that as an older sibling, like tease them in that way? Yeah, there's, I, I feel guilty over a few things. Though, honestly, a lot of it does make for really hilarious stories. Like one time, Vicky, she loves this story. I love it too. Mm. She was crying and she wouldn't stop crying. It's like one of those crying just to cry at that point. So I just picked her up and stuck, put her outside. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Shut all the doors. <laughs> I was like, bye. <laughs> and of course, in her story, it's snowing. It's like three feet of snow. I'm pretty uh, sure I would. I'm pretty sure it was like April. It's probably like spring, you know. But I just was like, I can't. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to make that noise, I'm going to remove you and the noise. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I babysat. Oh, that's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um,. You're going to college in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said you liked it. Your mom disagreed that you didn't want to go to Oh, I didn't want to go to Pitt Pitt at all because I got into Vanderbilt. And I, in my head, was going to go be a Vandy girl. Well, I, is that a big deal? Yeah. It's like it's, it's like everything I wanted to be. It would be like, it's like the girls who wear the sundresses to the football games and like, you know, are these like perfectly put together, rich you know, kind of like, what did they call it? Going for the MS degree, the Mrs. degree. Oh, yeah. You know, to, to Vanderbilt. And, like, for some reason, I thought that was, like, the coolest thing ever. I in don't, in high sure school? Why. Like, yeah. in that transition? I wanted to do that. Mostly, I think, because I was, like, missing the South or something. I don't know what. And I visited the school, too. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. And so I wanted to, I was like, and Vanderbilt's a, like, a pretty good school, too. So I was like, I'm totally going to Vanderbilt. My parents were like, no, your dad works at Pitt. You can go to Pitt for Free, oh, yeah. Or you can, like, Vanderbilt was, like, 40 grand a semester or something just stupid. Huh. And I just didn't understand. I was like, debt's, you know, everyone gets into debt, you know. And thank goodness. I still thank them. I thank them all the time for making me go to Pitt because. Yeah. And you are debt-free as far as education goes. Yes. That is pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah. Because you could owe. I could owe Vanderbilt a ton of money right now. Of, Tons of money. I can't imagine. I wouldn't have been able to do all the stuff I did after college if I would have done that. What so. what stuff did you do after college? I like I got to do a whole little like early twenties self exploration thing. I waited tables for a couple years, you know, and then I went to Nicaragua for a couple years, you know. I did this whole like I don't know what I'm doing with my life kind of thing, and yeah. and 
It was great. What did you do in Nicaragua? And why Nicaragua? And I saw a profile for couch surfing online. Where it oh, must have been yeah. like when you decided to do it. It was like, I've never couch, search, couch, couch surfed, uh, but I'm very excited and I'm leaving, so somebody help me. Yeah, I was. I think I was might have been looking for a place to stay in Miami on my way out of the country, because yeah. um, I had an overnight in Miami before leaving. But um, yeah, so I found Nicaragua, or I found the organization La Isla Foundation on Idealist, and they wanted what like foundation. It's it, the foundation I was working with is called La Isla Foundation. La Isla, okay. And um, they wanted like a Spanish-speaking yoga teacher with like marketing background, and it just was like. That's, I speak Spanish, I teach yoga. Yeah, uh-huh. I got yoga, I got certified to teach yoga. That was part of my whole, like, you know, flopping around early 20s thing. And, uh-huh. um, and I had a marketing background, so I was like, well, shit, you know? How does yoga and marketing tie together? I wasn't, I just did marketing, um, a marketing job in the startup that I worked at. So uh-huh. I did a little bit of that. And then I, I had been practicing yoga for a while. So when I had the necessary like couple thousand dollars it takes to get certified I was like well you know I could do it because it's fun to get certified you get you do like a whole week of yoga Uh you know so it's like a little bit of a retreat um which is good so I took a week off of work and got to kind of yoga out for a little bit are you still a yogi a yogi person yeah it's funny I'm I, I like the I like the more aerobic workout styles like I like to be challenged um I'm not so much it's hard for me to kind of tap into the more spiritual side of it because I think it most of it's um it can be a little hilarious <laughs> I remember just one time like trying to talk to one of the other yoga instructors about like one of the goals I had or one of the things I was trying to do and she told me just breathe it into existence and I'm like well I could, all right it's not very actionable (laughs) I don't know I don't know what that means so like some of that stuff is a little bit um I when I taught yoga in Nicaragua my classes were known for just being like like you go and you're gonna sweat and you're gonna work out and you're gonna be sore so oh nice I mean yeah so I'm not um it's it's and unfortunately I think and that's kind of a negative because I enjoy classes that are a little bit more meditative when they're done correctly I just was never able to do that correctly (laughs) How long did you live in Nicaragua? Almost two years. Almost two years? Did you speak Spanish before you went? I thought I did. <laughs> and then I got in the taxi. And, and I was just so like, fast. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, um, he took me to, he, he, he asked me if I was hungry, which I did understand. And I was like, yes, sure, see. And um, he took me to a little place and he told me that the meal costed like $5. Later I found out it costed 30 cents. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, you got you to gotta speak Spanish if you go to, if you go to these other countries because otherwise you just look like an idiot. Yeah. And just scream, like take advantage of me. Did you, why aren't you still down there? Like what, what made you want to come back to the United States? Well, it's a combo. So I did decide I wanted to pursue software development, and I, uh, I, I decided that a year before even applying to Hack Reactor. And I started studying and transitioning myself into web development at my job. I managed their entire website and a redesign and translating it into Spanish. Um, and um, so I applied to like 10 different boot camp programs and um, decided on Hack Reactor. And so that was like over the course of like, a year 
Um, and then more toward the end, I kind of put in, I told them I was going to be leaving on this month. Um, and then toward the end of that, um, we had some bad stuff happen. It was, we got into some uh, kind of a difficult uh, legal and political situation in Nicaragua. And we were actually all asked to leave the country by um, the founder of the organization. Um, we were asked to either leave the country or leave the organization. Because uh, obviously he can't, can't yeah. force us to leave the country, but he said, you will not be employed by us if you choose to stay. Do you know, what was that about? Are um, you allowed to talk about it? Yeah, I think so. It was a couple of things. So we were we were working to promote the workers' rights of um, sugarcane harvesters. Uh-huh. Um, they were dying of chronic kidney disease, which you normally see in elderly, obese people who have diabetes. Um, but these guys were 25, 35 years old and healthy, and they were dying of stage 5 kidney disease. Um, is um, is Nicaragua similar to Brazil in that they make the, some of their fuel from sugarcane? They're a producer, and I believe they sell to people who do that. I'm not sure if they make. I don't. I'm not sure if they do any of that in country. They definitely consume sugar as a food source in country, but um, I'm not sure if they have any of their own ethanol okay. or whatever whatever process that is to make power. But they definitely sold it to people who use yeah. it for that. Did um, they do they refine or did they just uh, raw material producer? Um, they had refineries, I believe. They, I mean, the the ingenios or the sugar mills were a whole a whole deal. Um, have you they, been there? I yeah. I, I worked at it. Uh, there's a there's a sugar factory in well, just north of, north of well, it's on the base somewhere. But when I was there, everything was black and sticky. Oh wow! <laughs> I've actually never been inside of. Uh, one of these yeah. places. I've been to you the, know the fields. harmful effects. Oh, you yeah. went to the fields. The fields, <laughs> which is where yeah. supposedly the harmful effects were. Okay. Because it was, it was just hot and twelve hours a day, chronic dehydration. Basically, uh-huh. was was our was is the working theory right now in science that is what's causing this epidemic. Not like incidental contact to sugar, like twenty four hours a day, like absorption through the skin or uh, so, breathing. The we, what science seems to say right now is that uh, chemicals alone aren't going to be what could cause this at such a specifically scaled problem, which that it is, which is it's like coastal regions in Nicaragua, um, and in a couple other countries like Sri Lanka. Um, it seems to be kind of connected to a combination of factors where there are these chemicals. There's also extreme heat. Um, and then no like hydration support, or very poor hydration support, or mostly sugar, with like Gatorade. You know, so uh, like chronic dehydration and exposure to chemicals will heighten the effect of the chemical. And then if you uh, introduce sugar into that mix, you actually activate a process in the kidney that um, accelerates damage as well. So it all it all seems to focus in on these certain regions that have all these factors put together mm-hmm. um, and just decimate populations. Because you know if you have chronic kidney disease it's a degenerative disease so there's no way to reverse that especially if you're if you're living in one of these you know villages that has no access really to any sort of modern facilities and they don't have the money to pay for it anyway so it's basically a death sentence once you reach past like stage two or three wow yeah it's a pretty heavy issue we were dealing with okay and so why why does that tie in with the political thing that you were talking about 
Yeah, so Flor de Caña is probably, it's got the biggest producer, it's the biggest company um, that produces sugar, and they um, also produce the rum, Flor de Caña, which is delicious. We tried on so many occasions to, like, not drink it, because we were like, <laughs> we can't do this. But it's so good, it's so cheap. Um, and they produce the beer, Tonya, too, so it's like, well, I guess we'll just all be sober and sad, you know, and that would last for, like, four days. And they were like, fuck it. Um, anyway, they were, they were pretty closely tied with the government, so, you know, anything seen as anti-Flor de Caña, which they did not like us, would also be seen as um, anti-government. Um, and our visa status was questionable at the time, so the combination of factors ended up being that it depends on who you talk to in the organization. I personally believe that um, we should have gotten our uh, visa status straightened up before we took on big players. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what they ended up kind of using against a few of us, um, which I believe they, have ed- <laughs> they had every right to do. So. Did you ever feel, like, physically threatened because of all, all that stuff? No. It's not... It's not it didn't it's not feel that like big. that. It didn't. Well, it just. I mean, Nicaragua definitely has a tumultuous past with the United States, and there definitely has been violence. Usually, actually, more in the opposing direction. You know, usually the United States is is kind of initiating violence in in the country or perpetuating a, a violence that's already there. Um, but with the with the state of the country politically currently, I. I I never felt like I was in in any physical danger. The worst case scenario was that if you get kicked out of a country in that way, you wouldn't be able to get back in for like eight years or something, and uh-huh. including the neighboring countries. And none of us wanted that. That yeah. would have been awful. So that was the big threat. But I never, I never felt like. Um, I mean, the 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 inefficiencies and the in the. Um, negative impacts that the government has actually tends to be focused on their own people by nature of trying to satisfy these capitalist giants like the sugar industry uh-huh. and you know and that's actually the nature of the epidemic we were fighting you know that seems to be the okay. kind of violence that's happening now all right all right so you got kicked out yeah <laughs> and you can you went back to uh pit or did you come straight to san francisco I went to Pittsburgh because I had I got kicked out a little bit earlier than I wanted to actually leave because I, I was leaving actually, anyway. That's interesting. I've never been kicked out of a country. I ever. wasn't. Yeah, kicked out is dramatic, and I do say it sometimes Go if with I'm it. feeling yeah. dramatic. Yeah. Um, I don't. It, I mean, it was. Well, you know, I did. I did bump. I ended up bumping up my ticket, um, flight home, by like a few weeks, and ended up back in Pittsburgh and okay, I had an extra you, month this like was kind of along the lines like I'm already going to quit so exactly okay. so I just kind of That's bumped cool. up when I was leaving ended up in Pittsburgh for maybe two months which is great I got time to spend with my family and like study uh-huh. really get my brain moving and then jumped out here sweet here is San Francisco now did did you feel like you were prepared for Hack Factor um, like you, I, you had done enough studying that you didn't feel like crazy out of your league or anything like that. I had a lot of faith in the system, and I still do. I I picked them for a reason, and they accepted me. I assumed for a reason, so I kind of went with this understanding of like I I I'm probably they wouldn't have accepted me if I was an idiot, and they're probably going to move me along. 
in a successful way. They're, they're clearly a successful program and they've accepted me. So I just kind of had this little like logic system in my head that was like, if I'm here and I'm going through and I do what they tell me to do, I will exit out of all this a software engineer. And so that's what happened. Did you, well, I, I guess my experience is that I had, uh, you know, what they call imposter syndrome the whole way through and maybe even now a little bit where I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe totally. I have a job. Yeah, I think yeah. we, uh, for everyone listening out there, me and Tony exchanged texts last night. That was like, oh my God, I, I think we just got paid. We just got paid. I, does that mean we're, this is all real? <laughs> 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 that was a moment. I definitely, I definitely am very familiar with imposter syndrome. Yeah, okay. But, but you were confident, like, things were going to work out. And, I like just, that. I, I do very well with very structured systems, and I know this. So I knew that all I had to do was just do what they tell me to do, and they tell you exactly huh. what to do, more or less. And then that's exactly how I went about my job search, too. And I feel like everyone felt like I got a job really quickly when really all they all Hack Reactor did with Save was, like, they basically helped us write our resumes. They told us what to say in the interviews. They told us to reach out to our networks and their hiring partners. And literally, uh -huh. I just did all of these things and talked to Blake and Zayna nonstop. And I was like, Oop, here's your job, one job. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I have, I have a lot of respect for that system. Yeah. Are you going to be, do you think you'll be involved with, like, the goings-on of Hack Reactor. I know that they just had, like, uh, interview day, which changed changed from the hiring day. But yeah. Where alums came back to interview yeah. students. Yeah, I would love to stay involved. I keep in touch with, um, well, I, I, I talk a lot with Kate about kind of the, the women's initiatives, mm -hmm. and she talks a lot with Blake. So hopefully if they, um, I should probably be a little bit more proactive and reach out to them. But, I mean, I hope that they know that I'm a resource if they ever need anything. Yeah. Oh, did I tell you I started my revenge on Kate? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> it's it's changing the cables of her monitors. So, oh, God. Has she, uh, did you do that this morning? Yeah, so every morning she's like, what is going on? And she has to, like, <laughs> I guess for everybody there, like, we all have several monitors, and they go, you put your computer in a dock, and then, and then it should just work. But she has to, like, rearrange her whole desktop and the, the screen resolution each each morning. And I feel great but about <laughs> it because it's... It's a non-violent protest. Yeah. And it's, and I get to hear her just be like, what the hell? <laughs> you should, like, escalate this to the point where one day she plugs in and the station next to her, like, lights up. <laughs> oh. I will do, I, I think I could do that with her. Yeah, it would take, it would take oh, some dedication. you know what, um, I gotta, Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, I think that's like the final straw. That's and that's really when you like one. emerge from the bushes and oh. you're like, it was me. <laughs> this is, well, this is, yeah, this is like the long con because I haven't let on that I'm do, doing it. So. Well, tell people what she did to deserve this. Oh, yeah, she she came in and she, I was sitting at a chair and she pulled it, like, but I was only like, I was sitting at the edge of my chair and she pulled the chair, uh, you know, supposedly thinking that I would go with the chair, but I did not. I stayed. And the chair left, and I fell. And she laughed at me. So rude. So rude. <laughs> and I was like, don't you feel bad? And she was like, no, not at all. And so now this is, this is my revenge. Oh, this, I think it's brilliant. So I need to, maybe I should, yes. The cable thing is fun. Yes. Because it's, and I'm here early enough that it, nobody sees me do it. Yeah. I yeah. love it. No, this is great. It's yeah. better than my idea, which was 
for us to buy a stapler, put yeah, the stapler put... in jelly, jello, <laughs> and then eat the jello, <laughs> and then just leave this mystery, leave this sticky, mystery sticky stapler on Kate's desk. Yeah, but then that, then she has a weapon. Yeah, yeah and I don't think it would have made it. would have been really funny for me, like, knowing the process of that, but, like, I don't think it would have been funny for her. She would have just been like, why is this here? Then, no, that is a funny process. Like, an elaborate <laughs> hoax. Where, where I get where most you of do the all fun. of this work and I get a lot of jello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. So, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. Now we're we both have jobs and we're successful-ish. What's gonna be your first rich person purchase now that you have money? I, I here's here's like my dream purchase. I really want to buy an electric motorcycle. Oh, is that? Yeah, okay. They have those. Okay. Like a motorcycle. You plug it in, and it goes like 100 miles an hour. It goes 0 to 60 in 3.3 seconds. That's awesome. It's very fast. Can you ride a regular motorcycle? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, So that's what I want to do. I I don't have a place to charge it, so I won't. But I guess like a rich person purchase, I think. Uh, I have a plan to pay off my credit card debt. And then to pay back my retirement stuff. Yeah. And then, and then at that point, uh, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't need anything. What are you going to get? LASIK. LASIK? Yeah. Do you wear glasses? I wear contacts. I never see, I've never I seen glasses. you with glasses. Yeah, I wore them to work once. But it's weird. when I'm Wearing glasses when I'm working on the computer, it makes me, like, extra tired. It feels like my face is foggy. I don't know. It's oh, weird. okay. Anyway, LASIK. What if you what if you could get just like your screen to be the the lens? You just put a lens on your screen and then you don't have to wear glasses. I feel like that wouldn't work for I some know, reason. I know probably would. So <laughs> optics probably would work. Yeah, I don't understand how that could work. But that would be I would awesome. have to sit like the exact right distance. And then nobody else could read it. Yeah. With that because exactly. yeah, ooh, that, that would be that pretty would great. Be cool. You know what I, I was watching a tutorial the other day, because you know how half of our lives are watching tutorials or researching yeah. tutorials or whatever. I found this one the other day that was like how to do this one thing in Angular that I wanted to do. But the way he had it structured was he was coding in a virtual room. So it was like this CG generated living room. And Where then he, he had this, like... And then he had the CG generated, uh, CG generated is a little repetitive, uh-huh. I guess. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that stays. That's got to stay. <laughs> and he had these like screens, these virtual screens in this virtual living room. And the tutorial was him with these like goggles, and you could see him like looking awesome. at these screens. And it was the most distracting thing because really? he would be like looking at one Did screen, and then he would like YouTube? look over to the other. Yeah, and I found it on like Web Dev on Reddit or something. Oh, okay. Because everyone was like, look at how cool this tutorial is. And then that all the comments were like, so I'm seasick now. Yeah. That is so much effort. Yeah, they were like, I can't understand. This is too meta for me. It's like coding in a, in a co- having your environment be like this actual environment. Are you um, a avid book reader? No. Okay. Well. <laughs> Next question. Let me, uh, have you heard of a book <laughs> called Ready Player One? No. All right, cool. Is it good? Yeah, well, that's the reason, that's one of the reasons why I was like, I gotta get into coding. So I won't describe it to you because that sounds boring, but it's a great book and I recommend you read it. It's easy. And you can Ready read it at the one. bar. Yeah, I could read it at the bar. <laughs> at the bar. Yeah, I've yet to find a book reading bar around here, but there's gotta be one. No, what would be, what would be a book reading? Like they have like leather couches and. Yeah, or just 
less judgment about me drinking a beer at 10 a.m. on a Sunday? I think Sunday's fine, especially it's football season. So yeah, that's right. It totally is fine. This is why I love football season. All of a sudden, day drinking becomes like a regular <laughs> human thing. <laughs> Having three beers and like six wings before noon is all of a sudden like totally cool. <laughs> totally cool. Uh, you can't pregame without a game. Exactly. I can try. But yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So I think we're... I've got to get back to work. I do too. Isn't that funny? We both have work. It's like we both work at the same job. Awesome. Um, Do you want to plug anything? Like your Twitter? You are very easy. Like you didn't say your last name. So you can say your last name if you want to. And Uh -uh. people can look up all these references that we have. I will say that jamie.party is coming soon. Jamie. J-A-M-M-I-E dot party. And what is that about? It's coming soon. You'll find out. Well, how will people... Uh, you have the URL? Yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I'm going to put something on there soon. It was, I'll tell you what it was going to be. It was just going to be GPS location of where I was. Because, you know, like, where's the party? We'll go to Jamie, not party. We'll find Jamie. But then I was like, that could be used for so much evil. Yeah. <laughs> also creepy. <laughs> um, so now it's something else, but it's going to be cool and it's going to come. All right, sweet. Um, and I guess uh, I don't have to plug my blog anymore because I'm not a blog writer. Great. Good for you. No, I don't. I, I had like three posts in there. Way to break free Wait, from that. Wait, I saw you had nine posts. Yeah, I have tons or of blog 12. posts. Or 12. They were all pretty good. Yeah, I have a tech blog. It's boring. Don't and look nobody, at it. And nobody can, you didn't say it, so yeah, no one's going to go to it. Uh, and I guess uh, listen to Tony-Talks on iTunes or Stitcher. Yay, Or SoundCloud. It. Listen, uh, to this. listen to this episode twice. Oh, yeah, twice. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, thanks.